0: Good morning and welcome to episode 75, everybody. Thank you for being here. I should say part one, episode 75, I split this interview into two parts. It was an amazing interview. There's so much packed into it and we went quite a bit over time. So I thought, you know what? This deserves a part one, part two. So that's what I did. My guest for these two parts is Anna Belusova. She is the creative brains and hands behind By All Means Studio, which is based in Prague. She does a ton of business all over the world, and the studio has only been open less than a year. Crazy. She's been getting great shout-outs from Packaging of the World and World Brand Design on Instagram, which is Fantastic. In this episode, part one, we talk about the beginning of the agency and the beginning of her design career. She talks about how she drew a lot as a child, and she originally wanted to maybe be in architecture or into fashion design. And she tells us the moment that it all changed and really narrowed down to graphics and graphic design and what really lit that fire for her. She talks also about a calligraphy course that really changed her direction, and it was only a few days long. And we finish this episode off with Anna telling us about the most challenging time in her design career so far, and also about a project that did not go well or bring the desired result, and what stemmed from that, what she learned from that, and all that kind of stuff. So here it is, part one of my interview with Anna Beluseva. Here we go.
1: Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So are you ready for a quickie?
0: Good morning, Anna. Thank you so much for joining me on the show this morning.
1: Hey, Dave. Thank you for having me.
0: Awesome. Are you ready to go for this?
1: Yes, let's do it. Definitely. All right, you sound
0: prepared, so I'm just going to get right to it. Briefly tell the listeners about yourself.
1: So, my name is Anna, and on the internet, I'm more introduced like Anna's son, but that's just my art name,
0: because
1: <laughs> everyone can pronounce it correctly. Yeah, <laughs> so way. how
0: do you pronounce your official last name?
1: Um, in what accent do you want me to say it? <laughs>
0: okay, hit me with... Like, uh, it's the, Anna
1: the... Belousova, but... um. So I'm originating from Russia.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so in Russian accent, you would say Belousova.
0: So it's Belousova.
1: Yeah, close enough.
0: <laughs> you totally rolled your eyes. That was not good.
1: <laughs> um, well, it, it's more like thinking. It's not rolling. It's, it's thinking. It's like looking up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Belousova.
1: Yes, yes. That was R- good.
0: That was better? Yeah, All yeah. Right. Nailed it, that's great <laughs> Absolutely
1: great You Perfect. can go and start taking lessons of Russian. it would be great.
0: I highly doubt that, but <laughs> I appreciate that. um don't judge
1: before you try, right?
0: That's true, very true. So Anna, you're currently in California. Is this a vacation for you, or do you just do you do some work in california what What brings you over here?
1: Um yeah, we're here for three weeks with my business partner, and we're meeting people with like prospective clients and it's investors. We have a couple of ideas we want to pitch. So it's more like projecting to the future sort of trip.
0: That's great. So you live in Prague then and you're running your agency by all means from there, the studio from there. And you have clients all over the world.
1: Yeah, that's correct. And we're trying to get more clients from not Czech Republic. I mean, (laughs) We are glad to have clients from anywhere in the world, definitely. but um, it's definitely an honor to get some clients from, like, from out here from America.
0: So how do you think you gained that initial um, North American attention? What was it that, that pointed them in the direction of your studio?
1: I don't even know. It somehow happens naturally. And I feel that I'm myself, my style and my vision is close, culturally close to Americans. Got it. So I guess just like that.
0: So your style was picked up on Instagram or wherever it was seen. And that led them to your studio.
1: I guess, yeah. Actually, I'm pretty surprised that uh, the studio is really young. Like, we started officially. Like, we signed our papers and we registered just this November.
0: Okay, so you're you're like six months deep or just a little bit more than that.
1: Yeah, so it's like it's getting closer to one Uh year-ish. And I think that we've got more attention during these months of existence than I got on my own being a freelancer or working in an agency before. So <laughs> that's really interesting thing.
0: That's cool. So you hop in the driver's seat and all of a sudden, boom, you're no one everywhere.
1: Yeah, and I feel like maybe it's, um, it's more like mindset, you know? Like before I was not ready, I was thinking like, oh, okay, so like I work in an agency and then, oh, yeah, free- freelance a little bit. Um, but I was not ready to go full force on it, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Uh, and now since I have the agency, I feel like, yeah, well, I have to promote it. I have to push it. I have to put it out there. I want people to notice me. So now when I'm open myself to it, I feel like uh, the universe is kind of like open up to me as well. I Mm -hmm. mean, I don't want to spook it (laughs) because it's been (laughs) going quite okay.
0: Yep. (laughs) But yeah. So the universe was knocking at your door and you finally opened the door. And here you are now, this like success that you have always dreamed of.
1: I mean, it's coming. I wouldn't say that this is the moment when I got all mm-hmm. the success that I've always wanted from my life, but I feel like it's getting rapidly closer.
0: That's cool. Very cool. So I want to go back even further than the agency, the freelance, and your current studio, and I want to ask you about your childhood. And do you feel that you had a creative childhood, and what made it that way?
1: I had 100% creative childhood. That's the thing about me. Like I speak to different creatives. And some of them are like, oh, yeah, well, I didn't know what I would be doing until I was 20, you know, something like this. And then I went to school or like took some class and I decided that, look, oh, maybe I would be in arts or something like this.
2: Uh
1: I was the kid who was determined to be in arts from the very beginning. My mom says that I started drawing princesses when I was like, what, seven? Like (laughs) the moment I started drawing, I started drawing princesses and I would draw them like whole day long you would just like leave me there for 5 hours straight and i would be just drawing and drawing and drawing like probably really great time for my parents cuz you just like leave the kid there <laughs> busy you know yeah
0: yeah she stays busy doing her thing
1: yeah exactly and i would draw uh girls and then i would just like erase their clothes and put on new clothes and i would do some storytelling on the way so like what they do where they go you know uh-huh.
0: That's so super cool.
1: That's so that was when I was super small. And then um, I was doing all sorts of arts and performing all over, like, through my um, teenage years and, like, just all the time. I had something going on. So <laughs> something... you
0: sort of a very arts-focused childhood then?
1: Yeah, I did nine years of art school. Mm-hmm. And on the way, I was also taking classes of um, like fashion tailoring and stuff like this. Um, actually, I wanted to be a fashion designer back when I was in high school. I was thinking like, yeah, so like when I go to university, I'm going to go to London and I'm going to go uh, and be just like Dior and like all <laughs> of those great people. Uh, but then I understood that I'm actually more drawn towards graphics, not towards fashion, even though I like fashion as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did just a little mention there, right? Still love fashion. Just saying. Yeah. Still there.
1: Still love
0: fashion. Awesome. So was your, were your parents artists, were they, um, you know, in the creative field at all, or were they just supportive of what you seemed to enjoy and feel passionate about?
1: I would say, well, my parents are not in art's, by their profession, mm-hmm. but I would say that everyone's kind of um creative in their own way, mm-hmm. like my dad, especially he is a professor of physics, not a technology, um yeah, so like very smart person, yes, um, yeah, but he learned how to play piano on his own, for example, okay, and his aunt, so my um uh, Who would she be to me? (laughs) Yeah. So like his aunt is uh, an artist. So Mm. I guess there's like a little link. Um, yeah, but he, my dad is always supportive of anything what I wanted to do. Um, whatever books I wanted, whatever courses I wanted to take. And I was the person who would always go and be like, Oh, I want to start doing this. Oh, I want to start doing this. Mm -hmm. I want to paint all over this wall. And my dad would be like, yes, here you go. Here's some paint. Do it. And he would, he would help me. Uh, he would teach me how to do some things that I didn't know how. Um, he would provide me with all supplies. He would send me to schools, like whatever I wanted, whatever would contribute to my personal growth. Mm-hmm. Um, he would support that 100%. So that's really unique, I feel, for my family. And I'm really grateful.
0: Oh, that's super cool that they were so supportive of that and really sort of pushing you in the direction that made you smile.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: So take us back then to when you first started to notice design out in the world. Was there a moment where you started seeing design everywhere or looking at logos or or started making that connection?
1: I guess so. I was thinking about this particular question before we started this interview. Mm-hmm. And I struggled a little bit to find that particular moment, but mm-hmm. then... I did. So um, I went to architecture school okay. first. Like I got two educations, one in graphic design and one in architecture. Okay. Um, so when I was going to architect school, um, I noticed that I didn't really like doing the architectural part of the work, mm-hmm. but I loved doing the layout of the final piece. Got so it. when you have all your technical drawings, all your visualizations, everything. So what I love the most is to create this presentational, big, like, seven meters long um, kind of poster yeah. that you would then present, like, for grading.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I noticed that, and I, like... Um, and I started going to museums a lot. So, like, I I am from a small city called Belgorod. It's on the border with Ukraine, right mm-hmm. next to Kharkiv. So we don't have really... Um, that much culture in our city. Mm -hmm. So for culture and inspiration, I would often go to Moscow, obviously. Um, And I would just go like four days, museum crawl hard, you know, (laughs) kind of like that. Um, So I started doing that because I was not getting enough inspiration at school. Mm -hmm. Um, And as I was going to um, all of those exhibitions, I would notice that there's a lot of graphics Um, included in anything, like you go to um, exhibition, kind of, how do you say, Um, like you go to any exhibition, yeah, and Mm -hmm. you have the wayfinding, and it's usually very nicely done, and it's thought through, so I started noticing that, and once um, I just stopped at a bookstore and picked up a book called Graphic Design. I was thinking like, oh, okay, so like this one seems nice. So I just like grabbed it, mm-hmm. left. And I started reading and I read about pentagram. This is when I first found out that there's such a studio <laughs> as Pantograph.
0: <laughs> okay, and this was, sorry, this was during architecture school? Yeah. Okay, okay.
1: Yeah, it was not really um, following kind of like design scene at that mm-hmm. point. So when I got that book, I was like, oh, my God, they do amazing things. <laughs> and I saw the public theater um, and all of the other um, projects that were featured in that book. And I was like, oh, my God, design is everywhere. You know, I was thinking, like, you can take typography and you can incorporate it into wayfinding, into posters, into leaflets, into books, into interior. Yeah. It's amazing. So I got really um, excited about it and mm-hmm. I think after that I just got more and more into graphics and I think by the end of the architecture school I knew 100% that I would not be doing anything in architecture even though like I enjoy doing interior pieces mm-hmm. when it's part of a planning project for example um, but yeah after that there was no way back
0: Oh that's such a cool moment um, So the book was called Graphic Design?
1: Yeah, I do not okay. remember the author, but it was just called Graphic Design.
0: That's cool. So you saw that in a library. Was it in Moscow?
1: Uh, no, I just bought it in a in a shop. Oh, you just I bought did. it in
0: a bookshop? Yeah. And then that just lit that graphic design fire for you?
1: Yeah, I think so. But actually, I think like, the turning, turning moments, I feel, of my graphic design career mm-hmm. was when I went to – there's this design school um, – British Higher Design School in Moscow, um, so I went there for intensive course of calligraphy okay I was inten- like I was intended to go either for illustration or graphic design, but it was all booked up mm-hmm. so I was like, mm, okay, so I will go for calligraphy. I kind of liked it, but I didn't really um,
0: it wasn't as exciting
1: yeah, I was thinking like yeah, that would be interesting to see and like if it's interesting to try, but um not really crazy about it Mm -hmm. but that changed my life completely like during those 12 days my life just split into before and after like really um (laughs) as we tried. i found out so much and i got completely in love with letters so until now i'm like my work is heavily influenced by typography, I always try to incorporate some lettering, um, some hand-drawn letters. I try to draw from scratch all of the logos that I do because I'm super fascinated by, by letters in general.
0: <laughs> That's cool. I can see that with some of the designs and things that uh, I've looked at of, you know, your work that I've looked at. Um, you know, type is a big part of it.
1: Thank you. Yes, I
0: try. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you feel then has been um, the most influential design of your life so far? Is there one particular design or something that stands out that um, you know really reassured your your path, your direction?
1: Um, when I got my second education in graphic design, I went to a British school in Prague. Mm-hmm. It's called Prague College. Interesting name for a school, actually. <laughs> <laughs> It's just called Pro College. And everyone's like, what do you mean Pro College? But like, what's the name? That's the name. Um, yeah, so um, there we were supposed to take one project um, of some other famous designer mm-hmm. and analyze it. And I got this project, uh, MIT Library by Pentagram.
0: Ah, uh, well, there's the that Pentagram was- connection again.
1: Yeah, it keeps popping up yeah. in my in my history. But yeah, I was heavily influenced by Pentagram and really um, fascinated. And I was thinking like, oh my God, the system that they put into their work, the systematic thinking, mm-hmm. it's incredible. And with MIT Library, it's like two of my passions merged together. So everything makes sense. It's all systemized. Everything is nicely adaptable to a different... Brand Collateral, Mm -hmm. and it's based on type. So they created, if you understand which uh, project I'm referring to, um, they have for each department, um, this kind of like little icon, which looks abstract, but it's actually um, an alphabet that they created. So for (laughs) each uh, department, they have uh, initials. Okay. Yeah, so that project I think was really important for me because like when I analyzed it I was just so fascinated I was thinking that when I create in like in the real world when I become (laughs) a designer I want to create all of the projects just like that Mm -hmm. I want them to make sense I want them to be perfectly executed and I want it to be a scalable design system and looking pretty obviously
0: That's cool. That's something I definitely need to learn more about is design systems and understanding that. Um, Because I'm always looking to increase my understanding of design and different people's perspectives on design and how they approach design. And that's part of the most thrilling part for me of doing these interviews is learning all of those pieces and hearing about all of those pieces. So that's cool to hear.
2: Yeah.
0: So the next couple of questions I have for you here take you down a part of your career where you maybe made some mistakes, maybe learned some lessons. And I want to pull those stories out for the listeners. Um, But then I'll turn it around and we'll end in a happy place. I promise, Anna.
1: Okay. You (laughs) promise.
0: That's right. Pinky promise. Skype pinky promise. Okay. Um, What has been the most challenging time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging and how did you get through it?
1: right now is the most challenging time of my career because we're building the studio. And before I thought that like, oh yeah, that creative process is challenging. Communicating with clients is challenging. Uh, Pricing your work is challenging. That all is kind of like right now going on second level Mm -hmm. Um, because I didn't even know that building a studio is so much work. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I understood it in a theoretical kind of on this theoretical level, yes, but not on practical. Hiring people is hard, finding Mm -hmm. your crowd is hard. Well, we've been really lucky so far, so thank you, universe, for this. (laughs) Uh, um, but yeah, it's actually a challenge every day. Every day, I wake up to a challenge. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> I'm bracing myself every
0: day. So you can't really speak to how did you get through it because you're hustling through it right now. Um, so what are the what are some of the differences from that? Theoretically, yeah, it's going to be challenging to now the practical, oh my God, this is challenging. What are some of the sort of areas that you maybe underestimated the amount of work?
1: Well, it... When I worked in an agency, we had managers, and mm-hmm. now we have to be managers ourselves. Like, so far, we haven't hired any manager. Mm-hmm. So, we're managing on our own, and this is full time job. Like, I, I finally understood that managing mm-hmm. is a full time job. So, when I need to design and manage, that's just to die. <laughs> <you Yeah. know?
2: laughs> so so it's like a- I
1: start doing some management work and I'm thinking like, okay, so like I'm going to, I'm going to do it for a couple of hours, like maximum three, four, that's like tops. And then it's like already like ninth hour. I'm sitting there doing it and I still have some work like design work to do. <laughs> so basically now for uh, like since November, I've been working 24 hours daily <laughs> and that's Crazy. like a new norm for me.
0: Yeah. So then over here in California, you're on touch via email, you're texting, you're like, you're in constant contact.
1: Yes, absolutely. And it's also like now uh, now we have nine hours time gap with the team. Mm -hmm. So that's getting even more challenging. So we have most of the calls um, either here early morning. Mm -hmm. So it's like seven, eight, nine, et cetera. Um, or very late like midnight so Mm -hmm. then when people wake up
0: over there crazy so trying to sort of work through that um the time the time change has been challenging for sure
1: a little bit yeah Mm -hmm. but if it's nicely managed again so like i i find that management is the biggest problem like you can be uh such a great designer you can be amazing um at your whatever you do because we also have coders. Mm-hmm. One last coders over here, by all means. <laughs> um, yeah, so you can be great at your job, but if you cannot manage, you will basically not get anywhere. Yeah. like That's what I understood. And management's been always my problem. I was the student who would all the time do everything like the very last night <laughs> before mm-hmm. submission. So <laughs> now, like this year, I, um, I dedicate to working on myself and working, um, on my management skills. That's like every day I'm thinking like, I need to get better. I need to get better at management. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's getting better.
0: That's great to hear. Okay. So you're working through it and I'm looking forward to hearing an update in the next like six months on sort of how you've eclipsed or, or gotten to that point after one full year of agency. I want an update. Okay, I'll be up for it. <laughs> Perfect.
1: Hopefully it's going to be just great and even better and more stories to tell.
0: Yep, absolutely. Stories to tell, lessons learned, all of the above. Um, so now I want you to take us to a story about a, a specific design or project that you were a part of and that didn't go well or bring the desired result that you and the client were hoping for. Um, what was that like? How did that feel? Tell us about that.
1: Oh, well, as a former freelancer, I do have several stories where it (laughs) it went absolutely outrageously wrong. I mean, definitely there's a part of it that I was like a young freelance designer, didn't Mm -hmm. really know how to uh, communicate with the client, how to um, clarify the brief, how to ask for everything, how to educate the client. That's Mm -hmm. really important thing. Um, So I did have a couple of really epic situations once I did a logo for just someone on the Internet. They approached me over, I think, uh, over Instagram or Behance. I don't really remember at this point. Um, But we agreed to make a logo. And he was like, I need it tomorrow.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Serious. Like, this is. Uh, but fine. So he's like, okay, so I have this really clear brief. I need this exactly this way. So it was pretty like easy to do. So I was Mm -hmm. thinking like, okay, fine. So I'll do it for you. Um, Really short notice, but okay. Um, I will help you. So I did it. Like next day we connect. I um, hand over the work. It's like, everything is great. Everything's amazing. That's exactly what I wanted. So he pays and I'm like, that was easy. That was great. Mm-hmm. And then two days later, he approaches me back and he's like, hey, so um, apparently I briefed you wrong and I showed it to my boss and he says that this is absolutely not the our direction we need to go. Uh, so would you be able to redo everything today? <laughs> I was like, well, um, yeah, sure. I can redo it, but we already closed the project. So I would consider it a new project because mm-hmm. like, the first um, part was done according to your directions. Mm-hmm. I exactly fulfilled the task, so everything is like closed. I consider it like, already a closed thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you would like to do another one, um, you would need to basically pay for another round. And he started guilting me that artists should work for food. Um, artists should work just because they love it, um, just for the sake of doing art, and how can I ask for more money if um, he wasn't satisfied? And wow. then he started guilting me also um, on the fact that he might be fired, so I should help him in that matter. Yeah,
0: oh,
2: that man. was
1: tough. So, and I'm usually the person who's like, yeah, I will help you. I will help you everything. like with everything, you know, like I want people to be happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with that particular situation, it was really tough. I was thinking, like, I would love to help you, but I also need to eat. Like, I cannot work every night for you and redo everything. Come on. Like, you need to think about, like, before you brief a designer, you need to make sure with all of your bosses and everyone, like all the managers above you, you need to make sure that you're briefing the artist correctly.
0: Definitely. That's like a huge part of it.
1: Yeah. So that was tough. And I have many. stories like this from from the past
0: so then what's the what's the lesson i guess out of that situation when he reaches out again the next day and says by the way not quite what i wanted even though i said it was great um and we closed the project is there something that you know a lesson in that that we can take and try and avoid the situation next time or
1: Yeah, well, I learned to be crystal clear before we start the project. And Mm -hmm. it needs to be, everything needs to be written down. What, like, with what you start, how you proceed, what the client gets in what time frame, Mm -hmm. how much they pay at what time frame. um, In case they don't like it, uh, is there a down payment, like a cancellation fee that you would like to keep, Mm -hmm. or are they um, they not paying at all? So like that's really, I feel, um, depends on the artist or on the studio, whoever is running it. So whatever they feel comfortable with. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that even if you don't like it, the first presentation you put in like a week of time or two weeks of time to prepare first presentation, that has to be paid because you're getting the outcome as a client. Um, and you know, like if I were to order anything and people worked for two weeks for me, mm-hmm. I would definitely want to pay them for this. Even if I didn't like the outcome, people spend their time. definitely. Uh, so I feel like, um, some clients should really look at it from this perspective because some mm-hmm. of them look at it as, um, as they're buying bread in a shop, you know, like, oh, this bread is dying. Like, I'm not gonna buy it, you know?
0: Yeah. That's interesting. I don't care
1: that you just baked it for me. You know
0: what I mean? <laughs> That's interesting you say that. And do you feel that maybe that is a struggle for all designers and creatives because of um maybe the commoditization of design in this world of 99 designs in this world of design pickle, you know, these things where design is just thought of as something you need to get done, not a critical part of Branding and business and a community.
1: I do feel that it's getting a little bit commoditized, but...
0: And I'm going to pause it right there. What a great way to end. What a great way to tease the next episode. It almost feels like one of those TV shows where something major is just about to happen. And then, ooh, but tune in next week. But this time, you don't have to wait till next week. You just got to wait till tomorrow morning to hear the rest. Part two of my interview with Anna goes up tomorrow morning. I really hope you enjoyed part one. Have an awesome day, guys, and see you tomorrow morning.